It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it is a new edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Sorry, we're a little bit off on our schedule here, but there's a good reason. We're going to bring you another week of crossover editions, concentrating on the NFC East versus the NFC West this week. Last week, in case you missed any of the episodes, we had five brand new episodes, including one, the last one on our on the Redskins release of the schedule, but then before that, four different episodes featuring the Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, Rounds with Jeff Lloyd and Chris Carter on the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, and uh, the Baltimore Ravens as well. Uh, So we had that all covered for you this week. We'll do the NFC West. We'll start here with Bo Rock of Locked on Cardinals in just a second. We'll have Brian Peacock locked on 49ers on the next edition. Make sure you check out the Locked on NFL podcast with Brian and Matt Williamson each and every day, wherever you download the podcast. And today's episode uh, is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, just like I did. As a matter of fact, it just arrived literally before I started recording this. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. All right, so again... We are breaking down the Week 2 matchup between the Arizona Cardinals and the Washington Redskins without even being able to say what these teams definitively look like because it's not Week 2 yet, but we have lots of time to fill. It's mid-May, and we're just taking a look. We're getting your appetite wet for what's hopefully to come. Week 2 matchup, Bo Brock from Locked on Cardinals to join us next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right, guys, once again, it's Chris Russell here for our friends at Built Bar. That's right. We've been telling you about them for well over a week now, and they remain awesome, just like they were last week. Trust me on this, guys. The box just arrived. So we got a sample pack of 10 Built Bars And I love peanut butter and chocolate. My daughter loves mint and chocolate. So I ordered a box of each after the variety pack of 10 came back and was gone in like two and a half days. So I ordered a box of each. And here's what I did. I had no shipping and I saved $10 on my first order just like you can by going to builtbar.com and using the promo code locked on. Trust me, it's easy. I did it. I, it worked and it got here in three days. Perfect. So here's the deal about a built bar. 
you combine the low calories, high protein, low sugar, no crazy additives. If you compare it to the most popular men's bars, it's half the calories, seven times fewer the carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams. That's really important. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Cardinals, Locked On Redskins, our division crossover series continues here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bo Brock, Chris Russell here, and excited to dive in on this 2020 scheduled game it's going to be week two of the nfl regular season september 20th it's going down state farm stadium in front of the red sea the washington redskins return the last time they were in glendale they were beaten and blown the doors off my god have things changed san bradford and the arizona cardinals um but as much as things change they stay the same here are two teams that are uh trying to figure it out chris russell joins me uh, and joins the podcast chris Tell me about what's going on in Washington. What's going on in D.C. as far as the Redskins? Of course, number two overall, Chase Young. Is is that getting a lot of uh, people excited about this franchise? Yeah. Hey, Bo. Um, and, and I remember, you know, just going back to what you were kind of talking about, week one of uh, 2018, where, yeah, the Redskins rolled in there, and I thought they were going to get crushed. Uh, and um, not crushed, but beat. And, and they wound up, you know, coming away with a win after a little bit of a slow start. Alex Smith was still the quarterback, and that was his uh, Redskins debut, if I remember correctly. And, uh, you know, both of these teams obviously have changed a lot since then. Uh, you mentioned Chase Young. Clearly, that is a huge addition uh, on defense, along with a defensive-minded head coach, which is a huge change uh, for them. They've been offensive only and exclusive in terms of the head coaches for you know, so long now going all the way back to before Joe Gibbs was winning Super Bowls as you're well aware being from this area. Um, you know, so that's a change. Chase Young obviously added to what was already a talented defensive front with last year's first round pick Montez Sweat, still Ryan Kerrigan hanging in there going into the final year of his deal. And then former first round picks, Jonathan Allen, uh, and Deron Payne, along with fifth-round Steel Matt Ioannidis, the Redskins really, both should be dominant in one area, and that's it. And if they're not, and if they're not getting home, and if they're not stopping the run, they're not going to be very good. But there's absolutely no excuses anymore at this point, especially with the addition of Chase Young. The problem comes, what do they have on the other side of the ball? Sure. Yeah. And I mean, it, it seems like that's what they're trying to build this team around. Obviously, as you mentioned, all the draft capital invested in that defense. It seems like, uh, you know, I, I, real quick, while we're still talking about the defense, I do want to talk about the offensive side of the football. But they, they made the trade with Seattle this offseason. They traded away a pretty talented defensive secondary member in Quentin Dunbar for a fifth round pick. How's the defensive secondary stack up? I mean, we, we you just 
outline a pretty ferocious uh, mm-hmm. front seven there. But how's this defensive secondary looking? Because it and, and Josh Norman's out of there, and, and that seems like yep. it could be a good addition by subtraction. But what what do you see that from the secondary? No, that's well said on Josh Norman. It's absolutely addition by subtraction. I've been trying to get him out of here for a year and a half, if not more. Um, he just never really worked out. People tell you he worked out better than I think he worked out. Uh-uh. Uh, no chance. Uh, let's go to Quentin Dunbar. So Quentin Dunbar, very talented corner. You guys will see him twice a year in Seattle. The question is, is will he be on the field for both of those Seattle Arizona games. I don't know because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's a very, very talented, long athletic corner, former wide receiver at the University of Florida, who Jay Gruden and Scott McLuhan, the former general manager, uh, converted to a corner in 2015. And Bo, honestly, he's really assented. And I think he's going to be great in Seattle. Uh, I just don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy in Seattle. And, mm-hmm. and, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy so far in his NFL career. So I I would say it's a big loss talent wise for the Redskins. Did they mitigate it a little bit by adding Ronald Darby, the former bills in Philadelphia corner? Yes. If he can stay on the field last year, he stayed on the field, but he wasn't that good. Like he was there and he was right there, but he couldn't close on balls and he couldn't knock balls away at the pinnacle and 50, 50 uh, balls. He got beat a lot on. Um, And then they brought back Kendall Fuller, who ironically we mentioned Alex Smith was traded for Alex Smith right before that last, you know, Cardinal uh, Redskins game. Um, And, um, you know, so they bring him back after two years in Kansas City wins a Super Bowl. Right. He's a a versatile corner who figures to start at slot the Redskins, Mm -hmm. uh, but can also play outside, can play free, can play a little strong. Uh, they won't need him in those areas unless massive injuries pile up. Uh, but the, the, I guess the long answer to the short question is corner and 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 especially corner, but just the secondary as a whole figures to be a big question mark for the Washington Redskins. One thing I will add, they had a major, major, major communication issue over the last two years. They just could not get on the same page. And right from the get-go, Jack Del Rio, their new defensive coordinator, said that will not happen. That is easily to you know easy to identify. We are fixing that, and that is our number one thing. So, assuming that they fix that, they'll naturally be better than they have been. It is interesting to see kind of these old school coaches come in uh, to try to change the culture there in DC with with Ron Rivera, a couple old school linebackers at that as well. And Jack Del Rio, as much as some people don't like him in the head coaching position, he's he's certainly a uh, a pretty talented defensive coordinator mind. Uh, I, I am excited to kind of see what he can do with all that uh, talent on the defensive side of the football. Now, Chris Russell, Bo Brock, the def- division crossover series here on Locked On Cardinals, Locked On Redskins, uh, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. That offensive side of the football, you mentioned Alex Smith. The last time these two teams met up, uh, he he doesn't look like he'll be back because he's he's continuing his incredible road to recovery from that gruesome leg injury. I was standing up just screaming watching the E60 documentary on Alex Smith. Uh, one of the most gruesome things I've ever seen, but it's still inspiring. But when we look at the quarterback position and also somebody who's not on this team any longer that had an integral role the last time these teams met up and is now in the NFC West is Trent Williams. 
but he hasn't been in he hasn't played for a while. This the the Dunbar scenario as well. Uh, yeah. Just tell me more about this offense and and how they're you know what the quarterback position looks like and what that offensive line looks like. Because uh, the Cardinals are, are are coming with a retooled defense, it, it seems like uh, they better be ready to go come week two. So it, it's a tangled web, it really is. I mean, I, I'd like to say, you know, I have a better idea if you know if this game was week ten, week eleven. I don't know if Dwayne Haskins would be the starting quarterback of mm. the Washington Redskins by then. I don't even know for sure if he's going to be the starting quarterback, honestly, in week two. Everybody seems to be convinced that he will be. I'm not convinced, and Ron Rivera has made it very, very clear this is a honest-to-goodness competition. Now, whether that's just coach speak, I don't know. Uh, my, my sense is, Bo, that with Dwayne Haskins having to learn a new system and a new language and not being able to be on the grass, that that is going to hurt his development. Um, I, I was worried about this even before uh, all of this coronavirus lockdown just because um, he struggled, quite honestly, last year when he had a coaching staff throwing stuff at him in a very complex system that didn't really want him. Uh, I thought he would have been better at it this year, but again, now not having the ability to practice until training camp, and we don't even know when training camp is going to necessarily be, I think that has definitely stunted his development. Um so, the, again, the, the long answer is I don't know if Dwayne Haskins is going to be the starting quarterback. I think he will be. Uh, I, I, it's easy to see Kyle Allen. And I Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the, the Cardinals and the Panthers met with Kyle Allen as the quarterback last year. Is that right? That's correct. He looked like Tom Brady in that contest. Right, right, right. <laughs> and and that's yeah. why that's why it stuck out stood out in my mind. So, you know, I wonder if that's a thing. And and hey, you know, as we sit here, it's Cam Newton's birthday on Monday, uh, May eleventh. <laughs> you know, I can't rule him out. Apparently he's willing to be a backup in the right situation. Ron Rivera said last week or about a week and a half ago on NFL Network, he hasn't closed the door on that. I think if we get to like August 15th and Dwayne Haskins is not making progress and is dissatisfactory in terms of how they evaluate him, I could very easily see that door opening for Cam Newton. And and you mentioned Alex Smith. I can't rule him out either, as crazy as it seems. I mean, both he's doing full sprint, full speed, full mobility workouts based on the video that his wife has shot. And based on the video that we saw at the very end of the E60 Project 11, uh, and everything I've heard from him, you know, I mean, look, it, it's very different when you have trash at your feet, but that dude's moving around as good as he was pre-injury. So, I mean, the Redskins, you know, I, I, again, it's a complex puzzle, as it always is around here, but it might be even, I mean, it's certainly not complex on your end. It is very complex on our end here. And with Ron Rivera coming over and, and Scott Turner, uh, is it is, what, what are we calling Scott Turner? Is he the prodigal son that comes back? He returns <laughs> to, to DC where his father coached for so many years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's happy to be here. I can tell you that much. I mean, whatever ill will, you know, Norv had. Um, and, and, and you know, it's interesting. Time, you know, heals a lot of wounds. I don't want to say time heals all wounds, but time heals a, a lot of wounds. You know, Scott has been a quarterbacks coach and, you know, did get to call the plays in Carolina. Um, ironically, after Ron Rivera was fired when beaten by the Redskins last year. So, I mean, go untangle that mess. But, you know, Scott had been the quarterbacks coach, right? 
And, you know, so he's more than intimately familiar with everything this system brings. Now the question is, is how does he tweak it? Does he tweak it differently than what his dad used to run and what his dad largely is known for? You know, a tight end heavy, you know, kind of, you know, a lot of 12 personnel type uh, system. The Redskins don't really have great tight ends, uh, but they have a couple of switchblades on offense in J.D. McKissick and the newly drafted Antonio Gibson. So I think you're going to see a lot more jet sweeps and motions and weird, funky formations that teams are all using now. And I know that the Arizona Cardinals are obviously going to use some and have used some. Uh, I think you're going to see more of that. So I think that's going to be the sprinkle and the twist. And make no mistake, North Turner is not a part of the Redskins organization officially. But much like Mike Shanahan is to his son Kyle, Shanahan and much like fathers and sons elsewhere that I know in the business, you know, father is always planting (laughs) seeds in the ear of son. So Norv may not be officially here, but Norv is, let's call it a unofficial existential, you know, uh, consultant for the Washington Redskins. That's incredible how how things have kind of come full circle there and and with this new coaching staff. But and we when we think about Carolina and we watch that game and if you're Cardinals it, it, the a Cardinals fan, uh, you saw Christian McCaffrey. I mean, absolutely just d- just devastate the Cardinals on defense. 153 yards on the ground, and obviously that was the bread and butter for the Carolina Panthers offense. And I don't know if that was just out of necessity, but who plays that role for the Washington Redskins in 2020? Well, they say they say that's what Antonio Gibson out of Memphis, third round pick number 66 overall, reminds them of. Now, okay. listen before. Before we get to him being as good as Christian McCaffrey, he's not as good as Christian McCaffrey because he's not as good of a pure runner. I mean, McCaffrey, you know, is known for his ability to get out on the edge and catch the rock. But you know, and I know, and you just mentioned, he can run between the tackles uh, and and really knows what he's doing and has great natural instinct. Antonio Gibson doesn't have that yet. I don't know if he'll ever get that. He's very raw as a natural running back, but they still have. And maybe because it's week two, maybe Darius Geis will be healthy. Who knows? He hasn't been for all but four games out of 32 in his two-year NFL career so far. And don't forget, former longtime Arizona Cardinal, (laughs) Adrian Peterson, is still here. And AP, you know, was, was instrumental in the Redskins winning that game two years ago that we've touched on and talked about. In his return back to Glendale, and you know he's still alive and kicking for right now. So um, the Redskins, I would say this: there are certainly question marks at left tackle. There's no doubt. You mentioned the Trent Williams trade, and there's question marks elsewhere on the offensive line. Like I think right tackle Morgan Moses really struggled last year, and if he's not right and healthy and 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 much better. Uh, the Cardinals are going to be able to attack that area, especially against Haskins, who tends to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. But I think the Redskins on offense are going to be better than the book on them. The The real question will be is, you know, again, can Haskins seize control of this offense? And can he stay on the field, both from a performance and from a health standpoint? He was banged up and hurt in three of his last four games uh, last year. So that's a major issue moving forward to worry about. Real quick on that offensive line, is, is Sadiq Charles going to vie for a starting spot, fourth-round pick he at LSU? Yeah, he is. Um, now, you know, it, it, it's it's interesting because they took a, a big character risk on him, uh, mm-hmm. and we know what kind of natural talent he has. He's still raw, 
and he still needs to develop and get stronger and, you know, technique and all that stuff. Uh, you know, in talking to somebody that, that is not an offense, an ex-offensive lineman, but somebody that's very smart who used to play for the Redskins uh, last week, he thought that Sadiq Charles ultimately would kick inside to guard maybe. Okay. I don't know. I, they're they're going to cross-train him at guard. I don't see him being at guard to start his NFL career, uh, but I, I can't rule it out. Um, I think right now, if I had to guess, they're probably going to go with somebody a little bit more experienced early on week two. Um, they signed a guy named Cornelius Lucas from Chicago, who's more of a right tackle than a left tackle, but he has played a little left. And they have Jaron Christian, who was a third-round pick three, uh, uh, two years ago, uh, three drafts now ago, um, who you know is what they ultimately want to be or what they were hoping to be their starting left tackle in the future, and he just hasn't panned out. So you know, again, it could be either one of those three, um, but Sadiq Charles certainly could win that job. I would just say less likely because the game is week two against the Arizona Cardinals. Chris Russell, Bo Brock here. I get him. I get the sense that that Washington is kind of where the Cardinals were at this point last year, where it's it's not going to be a season that's going to be judged on on wins and more so on development and if they can move forward with somebody like Dwayne Haskins. Do you get that sense? Yeah, um, I I think that's a pretty accurate uh, gauge. I think in in Ron Rivera's mind, he's never going to say that publicly, but. I think what year one about for Ron Rivera is not only the development on the field, but it's also the development of the organization and installing a culture. And that was a big buzzword around here when it came to Bruce Allen's failings, when Dan Snyder made the move on Ron Rivera, he talked to, you know, many people around the NFL and said, Hey, you know, why are we so dysfunctional? Why are we so broken? And the word that they kept coming back to was culture, culture, culture. And then they sought out to, to find a guy who was recommended highly, especially once he was fired, uh, as, a guy, as a culture builder. And, and to me, that's more important. Building, establishing a sustainable culture in year one is more important than whether they win six games or seven games or eight. Now, would they love to win seven or eight games? Sure, absolutely. Um, again, a lot of that is going to depend on whether Dwayne Haskins is ultimately worthy of that number 15 overall pick. I still have my questions. I know the talent is there. I still have my questions about maturity and work ethic and ability to stay healthy. I just, you know, I think like, like Ron Rivera and Scott Turner, though, they need to see it. We all need to see it. And, you know, this goes for Kyler Murray too. I mean, I know there aren't as many questions about Kyler Murray uh, as there are about Dwayne Haskins, but one year does not make a career as we all found out with Robert Griffin, the third, right? One year does not make a career. So what does Kyler Murray come back for? And I know we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Guys, girls, it's Chris Russell here, Locked on Redskins. Start the competition today with people most important in your mom's life. Mother's Day is her Super Bowl. So celebrate this Mother's Day by scoring her favorite gift of the day. Your mom will be able to travel in her mind to exotic India, sample the food, and laugh at the perils of raising a teenager in 1950s India through a new book of fiction called The Henna artist by the way it's reese witherspoon's book club pick for may then anytime in may post a picture of your mom or you holding the ebook or the book on instagram or facebook tag the author at 
the Alka Joshi at the Alka Joshi. A donation of four meals per post, up to 10,000 meals, will go to Feeding America. So guys and gals, buy the henna artist today at your favorite bookseller, including Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Costco, and Target. Make mom the ultimate winner in your family. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we're back on this crossover edition of the Locked On Redskins and Locked On Cardinals podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Along with Bo Brock of Locked On Cardinals, I'm Chris Russell, Locked On Redskins. Thanks for being with us as we give you a little look at a week two matchup in Glendale, Arizona, a place that the Redskins have had some success, but not all the time by any means. Uh, there was a couple of days where I was at that place, and, well, it was a long trip home. Let's just put it that way. And Bo rejoins us uh, now after we cover the Redskins. And, Bo, let's start with where we left off last segment with Kyler Murray. I mean, you get to watch this kid up close 16 games last year and, and, and develop as a rookie. From where he started last year, week one, to where he finished, um, would you say it was a significant jump or would you say it was a moderate jump in terms of improvement, quality, um, the things you look for in a young quarterback? I'd say it was a moderate jump. There was some inconsistencies there, and you're going to get that from a rookie quarterback, of course, but uh, you saw the high floor for a guy like like Kyler Murray, but and, but really not tapping into all the potential that he showed in the lone season at Oklahoma where he goes and wins the Heisman Trophy. The athleticism, he rushes for 544 yards in his in his first season. You thought maybe there was more opportunities for him to get out and run, uh, or was he just under duress too much with that horrible offensive line? It's, it's one of those where you're trying to f- figure out who's at fault there, but Kyler Murray showed enough for this organization to surround him this offseason with the talent uh, to take that big step. I mean, as much as we talk about in the last segment, the nightmare after Robert Griffin III's rookie season that his career turned out to be, at least with as a Washington Reds, Redskin, you see Kyler Murray potentially falling in line with some second-year signal callers. And I'm not going to go say, you know, Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes because I don't think anybody can project those seasons in their second years, those MVP caliber seasons. But I'm talking about Jared Goff, maybe even high as Carson Wentz, who's having an MVP-type caliber second year that he had in Philadelphia before tearing his ACL. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky even had a pretty decent second year. Deshaun Watson, guys that can really lead a football team. And, and Kyler shows the leadership qualities you want. He's got the, uh, obviously, the athleticism, the arm strength. And now he, it seems like he's got the tools. He's got the weapons. They bring in DeAndre Hopkins on this first base. David Johnson's bad contract, who wasn't even playing for this team, and uh, a, you know a second-round pick. And you get a you know consensus top five wide receiver to join Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. And I, I think that Christian Kirk, the, the ceiling is very high for him. 
if he can really kind of find the consistencies of, of getting those throws down and kind of the mid-range throws that he needs to be maybe more accurate on, he's going to have a very good second season. Um, but as far as what we saw last year, I think a lot of Cardinals fans kind of came away wanting more. So that's why I would say moderate to where you didn't see, you weren't just, you, you see all the tools there and what you like, mm-hmm. but you didn't see everything kind of put together as a, as a, as a final package. And that's, I don't think anybody's expecting that from a first year quarterback, but uh, I think that a lot of people are still looking forward to tapping into all that potential that the Cardinals saw uh, taking him number one overall out of Oklahoma. That was the sense that I had from afar, so I'm glad you summed it up that way. I, I guess digging further down deep, one of my – you know, of course everybody was concerned about his size coming out of Oklahoma, and my concern about him was his ability to absorb NFL hits and punishment on a week-in, week-out basis – How do you think he fared in both of those areas from afar? Again, it seemed like that wasn't a major problem. It seemed like him and Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach, uh, obviously making the jump from the college level, not a very successful college coaching career, kind of one of those head-scratching moves uh, that didn't turn out that poorly for the Cardinals. I think Cliff Kingsbury showed enough as a play caller, but it it looked like he kind of maybe wraps Kyler a little bit in some bubble wrap last year or, or at least kept the training wheels on. And I think the, it, they really did kind of rein him in as far as his mobility, getting out and running. He, he did take 50 sacks, I'm sorry, 48 sacks in the 2019 season, which was uh, tied for the league lead. So it wasn't like he wasn't getting hit, but he wasn't getting squared up. He didn't have anything that stood out to me, Chris, that was like his welcome to the NFL hit. Uh, so he was avoid, able to avoid that maybe with his shiftiness and his size that he wasn't able to get squared out by by NFL linebackers. I don't know if that's just a uh, a testament to how athletic he is, but um, you know he there was there was a game against the Saints where they were just getting beat so bad that they ended up he took a couple hits they took him out of the game. Brett Hundley, the backup quarterback, finished it up, and then there was a game against Seattle that they were winning late in the season that he didn't return for the second half because. Uh, he he wasn't in that great great of shape. So there were a couple, I guess, circumstances where he had to come out. But for the most part, we didn't. I didn't view Kyler Murray as a fragile quarterback, and that his size was going to be something going forward that was going to be an issue. I think he kind of answered those doubters uh, in year one. As far as is he going to be kind of a of just a very vulnerable quarterback back there? I, I don't get the sense of that I think he showed his toughness. I think he showed his ability to avoid taking those big hits, and uh, he should be somebody going forward. And, and that better that better be the case because Steve Kime, despite all these big moves he made this offseason, they're basically returning the status quo on on the offensive line. DJ Humphreys, their left tackle, who had a, a solid season, is probably the only solid offensive lineman. He's playing left tackle, and then everybody else is. You got a pair of veterans vying for right tackle position, and then a couple guards who have underperformed. And um, and Justin Pugh, who you guys might recognize from his years with the Giants, and really? J.R. Sweezy, who was over uh, in Seattle for for a while, and then they're going to go with kind of an unproven center. But for the most part, it, this is an offensive line that they're returning that surrendered fifty sacks and forty eight of them to their their uh, undersized quarterback. You mentioned and Bo Brock with us from uh, Locked On Cardinals right here on uh, a crossover edition locked on Cardinals locked on Redskins as we begin another week we'll cover the rest of the NFC West 
uh, throughout the week, but we start with the Cardinals in the week two matchup. Uh, here, you mentioned some of the weapons that he has. I mean, you know, again, Larry Fitzgerald, maybe his last year, Hall of Famer as soon as he's allowed to, but then making that trade for DeAndre Hopkins and seemingly not giving up anything that, you know, unfortunately things just, David Johnson just was never the same, as good as he was early in his career. Just that alone, I would think everybody is going to be thinking this is a Cardinals offense with Kenyon Drake back and 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 being a nice surprise, I would say, last year. Even with those questions on the offensive line, people are going to think this is a Cardinals offense that minimum every Sunday should walk away scoring 24 to 28 points, right? I mean, that should probably be the minimum expectation. Yes, and you mentioned their minimum there. I mean, if, they, if they're not putting up the points, if they're not uh, coming out there and, and get maybe even the shootouts, if they have to, depending on how this rebuilt defense looks like, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this offense was back in the Jurassic era under Steve Wilkes and Mike McCoy. It was brutal in 2018. I mean, historically bad. I'm 14 points per game this team averaged. Cliff Kingsbury was co- able to come in here with a rookie quarterback and kind of revamp things take it into the 21st century uh, with some concepts that this organization hadn't seen yet, even under Bruce Arians. And that was just, they're just starting to scratch the surface there as far as their offensive uh, game planning and play calling. And that's exciting, especially with the the players that are around them. And, and what the DeAndre Hopkins move does is not, not only does it make a guy like Larry Fitzgerald, who at his age and, and entering his 17th NFL season has no business, despite Larry legend, really defying the odds and beating father time and, and at his position, he still has no business being a number one receiver and him being able to kind of move over and, and play the slot where he's comfortable playing and then have guys like Christian Kirk be able to develop without having to go up against the opposing defenses, number one cornerbacks. I think that's going to play pay out, play out very well for the Cardinals. But you mentioned Kenyon Drake, and this is a guy that absolutely transformed this offense when he came over, had the ability, athleticism, the ball-catching skills out of the backfield that David Johnson had, but wasn't able to put that. He he lacked that burst that Drake has uh, and, and really transformed Cliff Kingsbury's air raid, which a lot of people thought, okay, they're just going to throw the ball. That's not the case. Kenyon Drake came in and transformed this offense into a top 10 rushing team. And that balance is so key, uh, especially with keeping pass rushers off of Kyler Murray and also keeping the defense off honest as far as being able to play the pass or play the run. Kenyon Drake is going to be huge. He's playing on a transition tag. He's making over $8 million a year for this one season, probably playing for another contract, uh, hopefully a multi-year contract for himself uh, after this year. It's going to be a big year for Kenyon Drake, uh, and he's really going to be, outside of Kyler Murray, one of the more important pieces of this offense. But you're right. I mean, they w- with the moves that they made and the strides that they took last year, the expectations are going to be high for this offense to score points, put them up in, in, in you know, 28 to 30 per game. You've mentioned, um, you know, and just uh, in the interest of, of of not going too far, I mean, obviously we could spend a lot more time on this Cardinals offense because it is going to be uh, kind of a Rubik's Cube, if you will, to figure out if it's clicking on all cylinders. But you've mentioned the revamped defense. I, I know, obviously, Vance Joseph is there running things. Uh, you know, you have you have Kingsbury as the head coach and, and again, the offensive coordinator. Um 
what has Vance Joseph brought to the table? Number one, and, and number two, you know, is this more of a um, is is this more of a defense that like everything has to go right in order for it to be good, or can they be good in certain areas and that can cover up for other weak areas? If that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know if there's 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 not a lot of margin for error. At least there wasn't in 2019 for this defense. Uh, they they were a team that was surrendering a, a score. Kyler Murray was coming out 43% of the time chasing a, chasing points, chasing touchdowns that this defense had given up. They were just atrocious, especially against the pass. Uh, and Steve Kime has been consumed a lot. That's what they've been calling. He's been consumed in rebuilding this defense this this offseason. And when you look at it in Vance Joseph's first year coming over as a failed head coach in Denver and you know, you even look at his defensive coordinator resume. It's not that impressive. His his best years were as a secondary coach in Cincinnati. Uh, to, so to see the defensive secondary struggle in his first years, is, it's a little concerning. Um, but Steve Kime, he goes out, he gets Jordan Phillips, who's an interior defensive lineman from Buffalo, uh, adds some depth to his position of need there to maybe, you know, cause some disruption there up front. Um, and and then you bring in a pass rusher opposite Chandler Jones, who had 19 sacks for the Cardinals last year. Uh, but beyond that, the production falls off a cliff. Uh, nobody had over five sacks for the Cardinals on defense. Uh, they bring in Devon Carnard from from Detroit on a free agent deal, and then they bring in Devondre Campbell, who was a kind of a tackling machine for Atlanta. Um, and then you couple that with with Chandler Jones, of course, and Jordan Hicks, who you guys might know from Philadelphia. He's he's uh, got a lot of tackling fuel. As well, and and Buda Baker and and Patrick Peterson, who missed six games for a PED violation, he had to take some time to knock the rust off. But he seems like he might be back to the form that was a perennial Pro Bowler. And it's interesting you you got all these parts, but can Vance Joseph can he mesh them together? And I, I'm not even mentioning Isaiah Simmons comes in, the eighth overall pick, who might be the more most intriguing player in that entire draft because of his elite versatility coming out of Clemson. And it is the concerns continue when Vance Joseph's like. His his first, uh, I guess, appearance with the media, he says, well, we might not use him like he was at Clemson. We'll probably just play him primarily at linebacker. And it's like, do you take your Porsche and just drive it in a, in a parking lot? Like, why would you do why Why would you leash this, this elite athlete, especially when the Cardinals gave up 16 touchdowns to opposing tight ends last year? I mean, an absurd amount. So you would hope that Simmons is going to help with that. Uh, they were last in dead last in in receiving yard or passing yards against. I mean, there's just a lot to turn around and and fix. Uh, is Vance Joseph the guy? I mean, I have I've got my questions about it, and I think that if things if the Cardinals come out of the gate slow, especially on the defensive side of the ball in 2020, he's going to be somebody that's heat that seat is heating up uh, quickly and, and very early. Um, I, he, I, I, I would say that at the end of last year in December, that that defense, and, and it might've been Patrick Peterson kind of, uh, settling in certainly helped things for Vance Joseph, but he, he's going to have to have this defense perform early on just in what they've invested in free agent dollars, draft capital. And, uh, what, if, if the defense is costing games to Kyler Murray, in early in his second season, somebody's going to fall for it, and it could be VJ. 
some really good information uh, there and some good nuggets for you Redskins fans and, of course, Cardinal fans, uh, probably painfully familiar. Uh, but then again, the Redskins know all about bad defense. Uh, there's no doubt about that. That's been an Achilles heel uh, for a long time. So week two, Arizona Cardinals hosting the Washington Redskins, assuming that we have a week two in the <laughs> NFL 2020 season. Um, Bo, this has been a blast, man. Great to catch up with you. It's been a, a little while. I, again, I know, you know you're know you from this area originally. Uh, you do a great job covering the Cardinals and uh, looking forward to, again, chatting during the regular season as we uh, build a bridge to this week two game. Again, assuming that we get there and uh, maybe we'll chat again in, in August as camps get underway again, hopefully. Uh, and uh, this has been a lot of fun, a lot of good information, I think, on both sides for both of our listeners. Completely agree, Chris. Thank you so much. It's great to catch up with you. Looking forward to uh, 2020. Absolutely. That's uh, Bo Brock. I'm Chris Russell. Locked on Cardinals, Locked on Redskins. This a crossover edition of the Locked on Podcast Network. Uh, thank you for, as always, being with us. And please remember to download the Locked on Cardinals podcast and the Locked on Redskins podcast wherever you Download your favorite podcast as well, the Locked On NFL podcast uh, with Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson. We have you covered from head to toe, A to Z, and everything in between right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.